0: And welcome to another episode of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Neil, and joining me tonight are co-hosts, Mark and Andy. Good evening, gentlemen. Evening. Um, it's
1: so hot. Stop <laughs> whining. It's,
2: it's, it's so You're unbelievable. so you so English at this moment in time. Yeah, I know I am. <laughs> I'm not built for this. I, I'm, I am, um, as my friend's grandfather used to say, a substantial party. Uh And that doesn't mix well with humidity, so I'm sat in my pants right now.
1: (laughs) It's a sight you don't want to see become lapsed. No, nobody wants to see it.
0: Okay, so our focus tonight is games played, because it's been a good wee while since we've actually had a games played episode. So tonight, something a little bit different as well. What we will roughly try and do is go through our games played, um, sort of in a duration sort of style... Uh, sort of top five, although Andy's already planning on derailing this straight away. (laughs) (laughs) So basically working backwards from our least played to our most played. We'll start off with Andy.
2: Playing the role
0: of Dave Lee Travers tonight. (laughs) Yes. Starting us off at Andy's number eight, nine. I'll tell
1: you what, what I've done is, I think there was, I'll tell you what, listeners, the this of me. In the last few minutes, so <laughs> I ain't been on for a while. Why don't you just bang through
2: nine through six real quick?
1: All right, all right. Oh right. Gears of War four, Yeah. Shoot, shoot, shoot. It's so mm-hmm. predictable. Open room. Plane flies over. Robots jump down. It's more gears.
2: Yeah, but if n- you like, but if you like more gears, then then you're gonna get more gears of it. If if you're tired of gears, then it's not gonna be fun.
1: No, but it's not as epic. I don't think of the first three. The storyline and everything. It's just very dull, it just feels very plate it safe. Mate, I got I got halfway through it and, and just stopped playing. Yeah, so it's not a, that's not a recommendation at all. Gaze of 4 nope. don't bother. Uh, number eight, another one, not recommended at all. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Call of Duty Black Ops 3. those <laughs> what the storyline was on this one. It's something to do with the mind and VR and AI and stuff. I don't know where Black Ops took this left and right turn, tangent down this garden fence and ended up in some 80s computer, um, but it was...
2: Right, Andy, you are very salty this evening. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tone it down a bit. Sorry. No, it's it's very dismal, the storyline. Okay. It's not very good. I can't recommend it. Uh, mechanics are like, I need mean, Call of Duty... They're very good But the storyline isn't um, Not a patch I'd say Infinite Warfare Is better than this
2: Oh Infinite Warfare Was was really dumb But really fun Yeah this one
1: isn't This wasn't Wasn't even
2: fun Yeah no I heard Yeah
1: Blobs just got real boring
2: Yeah Uh, People only play it for zombies And I I could not give Less of a damn about zombies
1: Hmm. But the first two were good Number 7 Assassin's Creed Syndicate Jack the Ripper DLC Interesting twist um, Followed on from Syndicate Which um, I'll talk about next but a, bit of a spoiler here, this was a game that featured Jack the Ripper. It's not a spoiler, his name's in the title. <laughs> you don't even let me to finish, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's I'm sorry, a, I'll pipe. It's no, it's, gonna... it's no wonder I have been on for a while, I'll just get interrupted. <laughs> I'm going to pipe down now, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the spoiler one is Jack the Ripper was an assassin. Interesting enough, if you are like Assassin's Creed Syndicate, but storyline wasn't as good as Black Flag DLC, it doesn't really feature it any of the um, Assassin's Creed universe type of things but no it's not some of those Um, I would recommend you play do play the female character I can't remember her name Evie Evie that's it but apart from that it's not really worth spending money on it's not one of those I'd recommend for a lapsed gamer Uh, number six talked about this before but I did manage to complete Assassin's Creed Syndicate set in London Evie and her twin brother what was it called Jacob Jacob um, very good the last one of what you call the modern day history Assassin's Creed a lot of fun riding around London in a carriage also with your grappling hook a bit like Batman all over the place I think the developers had a lot of fun with this game um, storyline mm, not as strong but you had a lot of fun with it you know you've got your train which is your like um, movable hideout which goes all over London you can jump into it and you have loads of quests to do But I've already recommended this to a lapse gamer, so I still hold by that. And there you go.
2: I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought Jacob is a bit of a prick. Yeah. Evie's a good character. Evie's a good character. It was kind of cool to run around Victorian London because it's an interesting setting and, you know, you get to run into some interesting characters from real life history, as you have before in other games. But this was the point where it really began to feel Tired, yeah, and they desperately needed to take that year off.
1: Yeah, did feel better, yeah, you, you meet Darwin, um, mm-hmm. as one of the characters, Karl Just, Marx, Charles yeah, Dickens, Charles Dickens, but they were all fitted in really well. And there was a bit of a Batman element with the um detective story type of thing where you try to solve the crimes, um, mm. other side missions. They were all really, really well implemented, but like you said, it got a bit tired. But mm-hmm. it's really cheap at the moment, and if you can't afford Origins at this moment in time. I think it's one of those safe Assassin's Creed that a lapsed gamer could play through because it's quite straightforward, it's a lot of fun and it's quite probably quite familiar to a lot of people, especially in the UK. Uh,
2: just a quick warning to anyone who's planning on playing it, the final boss is awful and the final cutscene just left me cold. Mm. So be prepared for a very disappointing ending.
1: But you'll have a fun few hours yeah. beforehand.
2: Yeah, fun journey. Yeah, Terrible, terrible destination.
0: Okay, so that was Andy's nine to six. Starting at number five then, Mark, what have you got? Do you remember a
2: while ago, I said I wasn't ever going to play Destiny 2 again. Yeah. I I wrote a big article on Lapsgamer.com about how Destiny was dead and I didn't think I was going to go back to it. Yes. Well, because I'd already bought the version that came with the season
0: pass,
2: (laughs) after the utter disappointment, the crushing disappointment that was the Curse of Osiris DLC, Mm -hmm. I was fully prepared to not play that game again for the foreseeable future. Uh, But then the Warmind DLC came out and I thought, well, I've already paid for it. I might as well at least play the campaign. It doesn't fix the problems. It is a slight move in the right direction, but the problem is that um, both these pieces of DLC were already well into production before the problems with Destiny 2 surfaced and that the the player base revolted against Bungie and (laughs) started marching with pitchforks outside their studios. It fixes some things. It doesn't fix some others. It doesn't move. It doesn't do anything worse than it had before it's either the same or slightly better we're not going to see any massive changes until um the big dlc that's coming out in september october time which i've forgotten the name of already but the very slight signs of life in a game that looked to be dead
0: so Mm. is leaving it to or well until september or october too late for the game do you think for a really big update pack
2: no this, this, this is the model that they had with the first Destiny Destiny okay. 1 came out this is like you know the old George Lucas thing of like it's like poetry it rhymes huh. it's the same thing with Destiny De- Destiny 1 came out and was a shallow game but people played it because it was really fun to play, and that's the thing. Destiny is really fun to play. Moment to moment, is really fun. Mm -hmm. It's just everything else around it had gotten real bad. Uh, Destiny 1 came out, then they had two very disappointing DLCs, short, small DLCs, and then uh, a year after launch, one big update—the Taken King—which revolutionized the game completely, changed almost everything, and was amazing. Mm. Uh, and that's what we're kind of hoping with this next one. That's going to be the same sort of thing. That's going to be a massive change for the better. Completely change a lot of the systems. I've already talked about um, some of the things they're doing, which uh, completely overhaul like the weapon systems and things like that in the game, like f- making fundamental changes to the way that the game plays. Yeah, because we've been down this path before and we thought Bungie had learnt and then clearly they hadn't and are now having to rectify the problems again this might be their last chance mm. uh, so if this DLC doesn't knock it out of the park with games like Anthem around the corner and The Division mm. 2 and games like that o- other games that do the same sort of thing it could be do or die for Destiny yeah
0: that's alright throw in a battle royale mode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Do you think there's a sense of a moved on our With There was that game announced, haven't we? We've got 100 million um, investment into a non-Destiny game that we're working on. Who, Bungie? Yeah. I haven't heard anything
2: about that.
0: No, I haven't heard that
2: either. No, they've got a... Um, uh, uh, the only way something... Uh, uh, well, the only way Destiny would end mm. uh, is if Activision decide. To end because they've uh, Bungie are con- contractually obligated to provide four games over a ten year or so period, mm. uh, and we're only we're only four and a bit years into that.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean they have said it won't affect Destiny, but we have um, teamed up with got investment from a Chinese partner NetEase for a new mm. game. It's hundred million, so they've been working on that as well. So I'm just wondering.
2: Uh, I I don't know. I don't know how big the team at Bungie is. Mm. I mean they've started uh, doing outsourcing. I'm not sure whether the Curse of Osiris was in house uh, but the the War Mind DLC was handled by uh, another studio mm-hmm. uh, working alongside Bungie so they've started outsourcing stuff while they concentrate on the big picture Mm. things, Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least a small team already looking at Destiny 3. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they've got a 10-year contract to provide a certain number of games for um, Activision and unless Activision decide to rescind that they have to but yeah, it's it's we'll see where the game is at the end of the year. It, It could be in a really healthy place, it could be done yeah odds what do you reckon which way it's gonna go i have faith in Bungie to pull it around because they have before but you never know you never know how often can the customer be fooled yeah and and it's the fact that the more i hear about anthem the more i'm intrigued by that so that could pull me away i mean the division pulled me away for a while so i know we'll see
0: yeah okay my number five then is star wars pinball on the 3ds I picked this up because um, recently Nintendo have been doing, you know, cashing your gold coins or whatever that you have on the system. Um, there are a handful of games up on offer. So, Star Wars Pinball was about 70 gold coins or thereabouts. And I thought, yeah, oh, that'll do for a wee Star Wars Pinball game. It's not too bad. It feels like it's a stripped down version of something like Pinball FX2, uh, which is more than likely what it is. Um, there's three tables. One of them is um, a Clone Wars table. The other one is based on sort of Return of the Jedi ish, uh, with Boba Fett and a Sarlacc pit in it. And then the other one is, I think, in around sort of Revenge of the Sith sort of period. It's playable enough; they're not too bad to play. It just feels a little bit clunky um, on the 3ds, cool. purely because the table itself is sort of up on the top screen, you've got your score um, sort of scrolling along on the bottom screen Um, you can change your camera angles and things like that but it just doesn't look as nice as it could do um, if it was on a different system Mm. and knowing that there's you know games like Ikaruga on the Switch support portrait mode, it would be really interesting to see uh, something like a, a pinball game like Pinball FX or whatever on the Switch in portrait mode I think that would look stunning, so it would um But for a Wii Freebie, um, I'm happy enough with that. I'm mm. just glad I didn't pay for it.
1: It's good, actually. I played it on the Vita. It's, um, I think I've got it on the Vita. Um, yeah. So it's very good, especially on the OLED screen, uh, what the mm-hmm. Vita's got. Yeah, it's really nice. I played the Empire Strikes
0: Back table from mm-hmm. was. Yeah, but it looks of like things they had to scale the graphics yeah. back quite a bit um, on the 3DS. And as I said it's still playable enough, and it's a, a nice little time waster, but... I'll keep playing it every so often just if I've got like five, ten minutes to sit and play something, but don't necessarily want to put in, you know, I don't have that time to spend on something else.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's good fun. You can't go wrong with a good pinball game. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Andy, what's your
0: number five? Uh Aha.
1: Okay, so my Toys to Life um, quest on Skylanders finally ended this year. I found time to play Skylanders Imaginators on the PS4. This was the last game before. Scanners basically got cancelled. It came out in 2016, I believe. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I and mean, I think it was Crash as a little added um, incentive on the PS4 on the expensive edition of it.
0: I think, yeah, I think Crash carries over into all versions. Yeah. It's not just the PS4 as far as I know.
1: All right. Well, I do remember it being expensive, but I think I picked this up for about £10. Yeah. This year, and I didn't mention it on the platform, um, platformers episode. But if you are after like modern day platform, or you want to play it co-op with your child or a friend, mm-hmm. it is a lot of fun, and it just continues um, that sense of fun. The main thing was the imaginators where you create your own um, characters within the world. I really didn't mess about with it too much. I just used the figures that I've got and just played through the storyline. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you pick it up cheap. It's not the best in the series, so there was a bit of um fatigue settling in a couple of games ago with it. Mm-hmm. But this was the last one, I think it was ties to box, I think they were the ones who did this. And there wasn't that sense of inspiration. It's still a fun platformer, you still get a lot out of it. If you're playing with your child, yeah. I'd still recommend it, um, because you can pick it up cheap. Mm-hmm. But it's Skylanders and it didn't end on a high, which I think was a bit of a disappointment.
0: Yeah, um, I think just the bottom fell out of it purely because I think Disney pulled um, Infinity Ooh. and then kind of in Imaginators didn't really have, or Skylanders didn't really have anywhere to go and decided then not to pursue um, anything further with that. And then obviously with the new Spyro trilogy, well Ooh. remade Spyro trilogy coming out, um, they're carrying down that way. But yeah, no, the Skylanders games I think are very good good little games you know even the worst in the series yeah. are still fun little games to play and these days barring maybe you know um a selection of the rarer and harder to get ones you can pick up an awful lot of skylanders very very cheap for a couple of pound and uh, so you can you can go around to cex and you know spend a fiver and you'll walk out with a handful of skylanders to play with
1: yeah i mean you don't even have to um Get any extra Skylanders? You can use the Skylanders. What you get in the box?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. The starter ones will take carry you through. They'll not yeah. give you a hundred percent, obviously, no. but they will carry you through to the end of the game.
1: Yeah, and if you have to, it was fun. Like I said, it is a bit like Ratchet and Clank with a sense of characters, and I think one of the voice actors is very similar to one of the Ratchet and Clank characters. Mm-hmm. But like, I said, you can pick it for cheap. I think, like I said, like I got picked this one up for ten pounds. It was like one of those fire sales. What very having it at the moment.
0: Yeah, if you're quick enough you can probably get a copy of Imaginators on most platforms for about Ooh, a tenner yeah. or less in Smith's at the minute oh, right. and it usually seems to be going for around that Ooh. on some of the other ones as well.
1: Yeah, it's recommended in mean, the whole series I'd recommend as a good example of um, modern day, modern day platforming.
0: Yeah, they're definitely good for um, kids because I know my son's got all of them from Giants 3D Imaginators and has just had fun with them. And the fact that I think an awful lot of gamers sort of derided mm. uh, the Toys to Life games and things purely because they just saw the little figures as plastic DLC. But in reality, my kids sit and play with them as toys mm. and, you know, get fun out of them that way as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are, I mean, they are beautiful painted and the figures yeah. did get better. It's funny that the games, I think, got worse, slightly worse over time, but
0: the figures got <laughs> better. Yeah. Okay, Mark, what's your number four? My number
2: four is Nino Kuni 2, uh, which is the latest JRPG from um, Level 5. I haven't got too much to say about it, because if, uh, if you if you want to know the full thoughts on it, then head over to the YouTube channel and you can watch the video that I did on... Um, Ninokuni 2 with the delightful column from um, Last Save Loaded. Mm-hmm. But it's a sequel to Ninokuni's Breath of the White Witch that came out on PS3, which itself was a port, kind of, of a DS Ninokuni, which I've never played.
0: I was never localized either, as far as I'm aware.
2: Uh, no, no, it wasn't. No. It's not a direct sequel. Mm. It shares some similarities. Some things carry over. Uh, but it's not a sequel at all. It's set in a different world with different characters d- and. And they've taken that opportunity to completely change pretty much all of the systems. For starters, as uh, in the first game, you had like this Pokemon-style collecting these familiars, which you would use in turn-based, you know, traditional turn-based JRPG combat. Mm-hmm. This one, there's none of that. You, you now it's it's full real-time combat with like light and heavy attacks and abilities. And then they've added in these sort of side systems as well, like skirmishes, which are sort of a very basic stripped down version of an RTS battle, like a point click RTS battle, and then building your kingdom, which is a very stripped down version of like civilization or settlers, something like that, um, where you're building up your uh, your kingdom, building new, putting new buildings down, which provide different services and hire, like hiring people to work in them and um, researching new abilities and things like that. As I talked about on the video, uh, there's in almost every way it's better than the original. But there's a few things I don't like mm-hmm. as much as the original. The story is good, but nowhere near as heartfelt or personal as it was in the first Nino CUNY. Yeah, and also it is still being it's still done in collaboration with some artists who have worked for Ghibli, but it's not in collaboration with Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. And so you miss out on some of the some of the delightful things that were in the first game, like the hand drawn cutscenes. Mm. that looked like they were taken straight from a Studio Ghibli film. And it's still an absolutely stunning game. Um, Joe Hisashi's soundtrack is, as you'd expect, absolutely magical. It's a really good JRPG for a lapsed gamer as well. Uh, The the main game, uh, I'm assured, can be completed in as little as 15, 20 hours, which for a JRPG is not very long at all.
0: Really? Wow.
2: But... If you're like Column, you can sink 75, 80 hours into it and still not be done. <laughs> <laughs> so there's plenty plenty to do, but you can just mainline it quickly. It's not difficult at all unless you go out of your way to make it difficult. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a delightful game. Uh, and if you wanted to play like a classic JRPG, but you just don't really have the time, this might be the perfect one for you. Yeah, mm. very
0: good. There was, I think, some issues on the first one. Well, the... PlayStation Three, one that it did go on a little bit too long, and yeah. the difficulty there was a certain amount of difficulty spike to it as well.
2: Yes, there was, and uh, then when the game ended, it didn't end. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it was sort of like you've reached the end of the main story, but there's still a, there's still like another thing to do to continue the story, and I, even I never finished it. Finished it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one um, is more even more accessible, but it's it's, it's a delight to play. Ooh,
0: Excellent. Cool. Okay, my number four then is Next Machina by Mark <laughs> which is, yeah, uh, Mark's going to get very excited here. It's a stunning twin-stick arcade shooter that is just so much fun to play. It's bright, it's vibrant, it's colourful, it's as difficult as you want to make it. <laughs> I'm currently just playing it on a rookie level uh, just to try and keen and rinse it a little bit, but it's still thoroughly enjoyable and is uh, just an absolute joy to play. For anybody who follows me on Twitter, um, a couple of weeks ago I actually showed it off running on a Fire, Amazon Fire tablet using the Steam Link app. And I was amazed at how well it ran, Hmm. admittedly with very little lag that I could see, but then I was purely running it right beside the PC that it was actually streaming it from, but it's still going through the Wi-Fi. Hmm. But yeah, the game itself is absolutely beautiful. I've barely scratched the surface on it and the how long to beat time says it's sort of sub three hours. In reality, if you're just sort of taking a run through the arcade mode, but it's the sort of game that's got leaderboards, it's got score attacks, it's got so much depth to it. There's secrets, there's 100% in each level and what have you to make sure that you've collected all the survivors, all the secrets survivors, all the sort of extra little bonus levels and things like that. You can spend an awful lot of time on this uh, just score chasing um, to try and work your way up leaderboards and things like that. But as an arcade shooter, it is an absolute joy to play.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was made in collaboration between Housemark and uh, Eugene Jarvis, who is mm-hmm. a living legend in the um, arcade. That sort of you know, in, in classic arcade games, It is what Housemark does best. It's probably Housemark's best game. Mm-hmm. Then brought out a, another game in the same year, which I can't even remember the name of because it wasn't that great compared to next machina <laughs> but the problem is nobody bought these games so housemark are no longer making arcade games Boo. they're pivoting to new types of games which is a shame because they were the best at what they did and yeah. next machina is ridiculously fast paced and frantic and the soundtrack is just constantly driving you forward and um mm-hmm. it
0: uses that same sort of i don't know what they call it voxels similar to that sort of our graphical style and what have you it's much more refined
2: yeah it's very similar to Rezzo gun but like yeah. a lot more detailed there's a lot more up yeah, to the levels uh, but when like when you destroy enemies they explode in voxels and it's just oh so good yes
0: so good and it's the fact that each level um or each area on each level seems to take place on sort of this little cube style sort of landscape Mm -hmm. and what have you so you're on one flat area then whenever you complete that area it'll spin you around whatever sort of cube or oblong or whatever that the rest of the levels then set on and put you in a different area for that and things like that Yeah. yeah it's just stunning even the end of level bosses um at least the ones that i've come across so far are just well thought out and designed they're great
2: yeah and all the levels have tons of different secrets to find and, like, some hidden levels. And, oh, you just keep going into it over and over again. And you know how uh, uh, this I don't really like the term game feel. Oh, it sounds it sounds stupid, <laughs> the same as I never liked the term mouth feel. Yeah. But the game feel for Next Mac in it is amazing. It just mm. feels so good to play. It's so
0: tight. It's, yeah, it's absolutely lovely, and the only reason why it's not necessarily higher on my list is just purely because we're ordering it by sort of the amount of time played on these games, Mm. and yeah, for me, um, I've only sunk maybe an hour and a half or so into it, and as I say, it was more just because I'd... Um, just finished rebuilding my PC and I uh, just wanted something quick to try to make sure everything was working. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that the Steam Link app uh, was available on Android, so I wanted something to try and that just fit the build perfectly. But yeah, it's definitely one that I'm going to go back to and spend more time on. Yeah, definitely should. Okay, Andy, what's your number four?
1: Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. So, yep, surprisingly enough, another Lego game. Um, It's just completely the main story. Um, At the moment, I'm playing, working towards 100%. I'm about 50% of the way through that. Mm. But the main story is you play Batman, but Gotham is being invaded by an alien. I think it's Brainiac. As one of them. Typical Lego game. Um, you just play through with various levels, I think 16 of them. Mm-hmm. What, what's interesting about this one's slightly different, we have a number of different hubs, so unlike whereas in Lord of the Rings and the Marvel game, you sent your hub was New York, essentially. Yeah. This one seems to have different hubs, so you've got the Batcave, you've got the Justice League, Watchtower, all these areas which seem to be hubs and lots of things to do. The storyline is okay. You know, I think we've probably exhausted Batman as much as we could at the moment in time with Lego Batman, and mm-hmm. this is probably why they've gone to the supervillain side, which is interesting turn of view. Yeah. But this one's a lot of fun. I mean, Lego games, I'm always going to recommend a Lego game. You'll have a lot of fun out of it, you know, brick, bashing bricks, um, using various superpowers, as in, you know, you're using Flash's superpower. You jump around all, try to flash, pop these flashes, builds these things really, really quick using um, not a big DC fan, but, like, is it Martian... Manhunter, yeah. Manhunter. Yeah, he use his abilities, you know, controlling guards and <coughs> cleaners and stuff. It, it is a lot of fun. and One thing I really find that was really good, unlike the previous games where Batman and Robin used to have to change the costumes and used mm-hmm. to have to go into a menu physically change your costume or you'd have to go back and find the original costume where you, you change Robin into, for example, a, te- um, a technical costume or yeah. got his magnetic boots. This when you get to the access point and it'll just do it automatically.
0: Yeah, it is quite nice that way.
1: Which is really good, you know. So there's improvements in the gameplay. Mm. So It's a lot of fun and it's one of those I'd recommend.
0: I have actually finished Beyond or Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. Weirdly, I was actually looking through uh, the games and what have you to see how far I was through for the, I'm doing Year of Shame 6 this year, Mm -hmm. Uh, so I actually went back to LEGO Batman 3 just to see how close I was to actually finishing it, and it turns out that I had actually finished it, which says probably an awful lot about... How kind of dull the storyline is. Mm. It just didn't grab me at all. I, that you
2: finished it and then didn't realise. <laughs> <it>. Yeah, basically,
0: <laughs> I did think that while playing the game, the signposting within the game, whenever you're in any of the hub worlds, to go to the next. Stage, or you know, the sort of linear stages and what have you, was very, very poor. Mm, Yeah. And again, because it's a Lego game, finishing the sort of the main story or whatever is what, maybe 20, 30% of the game. The rest of it's just brick chasing. And I just didn't really like the the hub worlds. I don't think they stood up as well as running around Gotham in Lego Batman 2. No. Uh, I think Lego Batman 2 is definitely one of the. Probably the best um, LEGO games that I've played, hmm. um, just purely because I think the hub world of Gotham City just felt lovely. Uh, you could get to where you needed to go to by, to, you know, um, getting one of the vehicles, whatever, and flying or driving hmm. to where you needed to go. But the hub worlds, I just found. Confusing and sort of a little bit ill thought out. It's it's okay if you want to continue playing um more Lego Batman, but it's definitely not the best of the series.
1: No, I, I agree with that. I, do f- I think the hub worlds feel very empty because we've yeah. chosen like let's say the back here. You can't put like civilians walking around the back here. You can't really do too much. I mean, we've just out we've chosen areas where there's just not much going on, whereas like say Gotham was always stuff going on.
0: Even the Planet Hub worlds, there's really not an mm. lot going on. Probably the most interesting thing is sort of the big space station and what have you. And, you know, it, you've really just got Conan O'Brien standing around chatting at you every so often.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was good. I mean, we've got Kevin Smith as well. So yeah. they've taken a lot of celebs and they seem to have just gone this one. Let's just throw everything in, including the kitchen sink, and let's just go wild with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's quite surprised to listen to Conan O'Brien and Kevin Smith talking in Lego Batman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mark, what is your number three?
1: Uh, I've got two games for number three
2: uh, Ooh, because I couldn't, I couldn't pick one of the two. <laughs> um, so I've been on an ongoing quest to try and feel my way uh, back into fighting games because mm-hmm. oh, uh, it's a genre I, I love, but I've just never really gotten on with it, never clicked with it. I've never been very mm-hmm. good at it. And so I've been playing a bunch recently, and I mean a bunch. Some of them I have not gotten on with at all. Street Fighter Five uh, it's I don't care what Capcom's saying, I don't care what the Street Fighter fans say. That game is not accessible to anyone who isn't acutely familiar with fighting game systems, and specifically the Capcom fighting game system. Mm. So if you can't re- reliably input you know the Dragon punch motion, your quarter circles, your half circles, and so on, yeah. and be able to know the exact time to string together combos. Which differ wildly from character to character. Then there's no point even touching online. The two that I've been getting on with the most are Tekken Seven and Dragon Ball Fighter Z, mm-hmm. or Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, How are the pronounce? I don't know. Tekken Seven is the Tekken that you know and love, but mm-hmm. uh, the latest, greatest, best looking best feeling version of that game it's a 3d fighting game which is kind of a rarity these days But mm. uh, it's a it's a four button fighter rather than a six button fighter so it's a lot simpler the combos are a lot simpler mm. It's a lot easier to string uh, moves together. You can just about get away with playing competitive online, at least in the lower leagues, by button bashing. Because it's, <laughs> you know... on! Uh, I mean, no, no, I don't. I've, I've, I've been learning <laughs> combos and things like that. But you can just button bash. Like, I've played against my uh, my partner a fair few times on it, and she just button bashes, and she's beaten me a few times just by button <laughs> bashing because it's it's totally viable. Um, at the lower skill level, you know. Don't let her anywhere near your nice, shiny arcade stick. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and I've been using an arcade stick as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. The story is absolutely insane. You end up... uh, It ends up with um, Heihachi fighting his son in demon form in a sea of lava, as you'd expect a Tekken game to end. (laughs) They managed to put Akuma from the Street Fighter games in Tekken and make it work. Uh, as this sort of halfway house between the Tekken system and the Capcom system, so you still got like your court circles and everything, but it's still a four-button mm. fighter, so it, it's uh, you know a lot simpler than Akuma is in Street Fighter. Yeah. It's just f- really fun to play. Um, there is a ton of content in that game. Most of it, you can you could play that game for hours and hours and hours and not even touch the online. But the online works; it's robust, uh, and the matchmaking mm. is fair, so it won't throw you against players who. Well, it won't routinely throw you against players who will stomp you. Yeah, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is a well. What can I say about it? it it's a 2D anime fighter <laughs> um, <laughs> where you have you pick three characters, kind of like you would in uh, the old classic Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom games. Yeah, it's again, it's a four-button fighter, but then there's extra buttons to like tag your uh, your other characters in. Mm-hmm. Um, it throws in a lot of accessibility features like auto combos and things like that. So you can just like hammer light punch and it will knock out an automatic combo that won't okay. do as much damage as if you put in a regular combo, but yeah. you can do a combo at least. You can at least keep a move going. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's simple to get into the story mode explains how all the systems work in like nice bite-sized chunks so it doesn't throw too much at you at once and the fights are just so ridiculously over the top like i have no idea about the dragon ball universe whatsoever i've never watched an episode (laughs) of dragon ball at all Uh, so i don't know who the characters who these characters are their relationship with each other or anything all i know is that in my first proper fight in that game uh, I punched the guy so hard that it demolished the city that we were fighting in. <laughs> and, yeah, that was enough of me. Like, right, I okay, like, I love this game. It's amazing. Uh, I've been playing a lot of that. It's it's real fun. It would probably be even mm. more fun if I knew anything about Dragon Ball. But uh, as, as an accessible fighting game, it's great.
0: Excellent. Have you ever played any of the, I was going to say, the 3D Street Fighter ones? And I'm now trying to think. They did bring out Street Fighter X Tekken, didn't it? But they didn't bring out Tekken X Street Fighter.
2: No, um, Akuma is the only remnant of what was supposed to be Tekken cross Street Fighter because they made Akuma uh, and then didn't bother making the rest of it. Um, (laughs) and just put him into Tekken 7 instead. I haven't played Street Fighter cross Tekken. From what I understand, it's, it tries to fit the Tekken characters into the Street Fighter system. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you're familiar with the Capcom fighting system, fine i've never really got on with it i've tried so hard Mm -hmm. over so many street fight titles to get that system it just never clicked with me Mm -hmm. so i don't i never really got on with it i have um been keeping my eye on and i wouldn't mind picking up when it's cheap the latest blaze brew cross tag something 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 Mm -hmm. which is again apparently like a really easy to get into anime fighter but the reason i'm interested in that i don't know anything about blaze blue um is that it also includes characters from ruby again nothing i'd know about something else but persona it's got persona 4 characters in it, (laughs) and it's apparently it's more accessible than uh, the the persona 4 arena fighting game so Mm -hmm. wouldn't mind picking that up at some point but um yeah tekken 7 and dragon ball fighter z are both very fun very accessible fighting games Probably more, even that they're both designed to be played on a pad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I actually had to change the button configuration to make it work more comfortably on a on a, on an arcade stick. It's designed to be played on a pad, yeah. and they're both great. Highly recommended. Fair enough.
0: My number three then is SteamWorld Dig. This one again was a freebie um, on the Nintendo eShop using gold coins. Oh, off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of the company now. Um, But the SteamWorld series, they have um, sort of progressed it into SteamWorld um, Heist and then SteamWorld Dig 2 Mm -hmm. is also out. SteamWorld Dig is a sort of steam-powered robots mining game. You go into little areas, you keep mining downwards, uh, finding little areas and things to pick up different little power-ups and what have you, and trying to sort of clear out the mine of any of the monsters and things that live in it, all the while mining for different substances, gemstones, metals, etc., uh, which you then convert into money, which means you can get upgrades and things. I'm about three hours into it or so, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's a nice and easy little game to pick up. It plays really well in the 2DS, uh, 3ds and um, i'm having a, a good bit of fun with it so far i haven't really come across any sort of stumbling blocks or whatever but i'm just taking my time with it as i say three hours isn't too bad i think running time is looks to be about maybe five or six mm. so maybe not too far away from um completing it but thoroughly enjoyable
2: i've got World dig 2 on the switch i didn't play the first one uh-huh. but it's just kind of nice relaxing game to play it is yeah it's very methodical yes it is (laughs) you just kind of just relax and just be like okay I'll just dig until I have these materials I need and then go back and craft this and blah 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 yeah I really like the aesthetic uh, and the sort of like robot western vibe to the whole thing
0: yeah these sort of games are literal sort of grinding for upgrades or mining for upgrades, so they are. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they just work so well. Um, it reminds me an awful lot of a game that I have played on mobile um, called Minds of Mars. Um, it's very similar in sort of style and feel and what have you to that. up. Um, obviously, that's a smaller title by a, a smaller um, developer company and what But SteamWorld Dig, yeah, is lovely. Mm. Um, it's available on most platforms now and uh, is definitely worth looking into. It should be going for about maybe six or seven pounds or thereabouts. Andy, what's your number three?
1: Okay, my number three is Rogue Trooper Redo. Redux. 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 <laughs> yeah, Redux. <laughs> Redux. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Redux on the PS4 This was originally a PS2 original Xbox game
0: Middle of its way under the way as well
1: Yeah and it's based on a comic strip from 2000 AD Essentially you play the rogue trooper who is the last trooper in his unit You sort of get this origin story with him it predates Gears. It's got a lot of. It's a cover shooter, which is really enjoyable. It's got a lot of ideas that were quite novel at the time, I felt. Mm-hmm. And you can see where Gears gets got its inspiration from. I think this came out towards the end of the lifespan of the PS2. I seem to remember.
0: Uh, yeah, probably would have been around that sort of period. If it made its way onto the Wii, yeah, uh, mm. um, it would have been sort of in around that sort of timescale.
1: Yeah. But This is a remake, you know, have updated the graphics, mm-hmm. uh, made everything shiny, and I picked it up for a reasonable price. And I thought oh, I'd just replay and it, and um, it was a lot of fun. I had more fun with this than I had with Gears 4. Oh, okay, I'll figure out. And I think one of the things was, I and mean, this was um, BAFTA. I think it won a BAFTA or something. It won an award for its storyline, mm-hmm. funny enough. And the storyline is really, you know, really good. The script is quite funny because what happens, you start off in your platoon of um, troopers, and one by one, they're all killed and you remain. However, what you do, you find the bodies and you take the chips out of the head and you put them into guns. Mm-hmm. And so your guns are wise cracking with you, talking back and forth with the script and all that as it goes. So that's a lot of fun. Gaining the weaponry. was a lot of ideas with with the weaponry. The shooting element of it is very accurate. The gameplay focus of it. The weapons. A lot of original ideas. But, you know, the graphics are great. The um, models are still, despite all the efforts of the modern remake, it's um, you can still tell it's a PS2 game. Yeah, But have a lot of fun was about six hours or so to play. I did have a lot of fun with
0: it. I played this at EGX last year. Um, mm. I think it was just the first level um, that you run through, and it was enjoyable enough, not necessarily enough to make me want to definitely pick it up, mm. um, unless I had nothing else to play. But from what I played of it, it's it's not too bad. It holds up very well. It's smooth. Mm. Um, to play so they have definitely sort of tweaked it a little bit, I'm sure, yeah. Um, from the original and uh, provide a little bit of sort of polish and what have you to it that way. But yeah, something like this, I think, is because it relies so very heavily on the license and you could argue that 2000 AD and Rogue Trooper are fairly niche uh, to an extent, but I think it's faithful enough uh, to that license um, for anybody who does like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it was a test of waters, see if it were viable. Um, If there was a crowd out there for a new game, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it was because it was instantly on the discount pile (laughs) um, for various shops. But it's worth a pickup, I think, for a few hours. You'll, you'll get an enjoyable storyline. Mm. you'll get a lot of originality in it, was like it says when you're swapping out the guns and the guns are talking back to you and how you can sneak upon the your enemies. I'd recommend this to a lapse gamer, you know, it's probably pick up for about five quid now on the Xbox one I think and the PS4.
0: Very good. Mark, what's your number two? Once well, I in the wild. Still
2: (laughs) Somewhere between 250-300 hours Put into this game Since it came out in January Wow Yeah, you know Monster Hunter It's it's the same old Monster Hunter World As it was when we did a special episode About it a while ago But Capcom have continued to support it With a bunch of free content Mm -hmm. They've added in Devil Joe Or uh, Pickle as he's affectionately known, you'll know Devil, won't you? <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. He looks like a giant gherkin. Yeah, a very, very angry gherkin. Very angry. <laughs> yeah, and then they've uh, recently added in Lunastra, who hadn't been in a Monster Hunter game since Freedom Unite, apparently. Oh, okay. They've had the uh, a special event called the Kulve Taroth or Kulve Taroth however you want to pronounce it siege mm-hmm. which is the closest thing Monster Hunter has ever come to a raid Okay, you're fighting a giant monster across a large area following it across a large area and basically trying to knock its horns off you don't kill it mm-hmm. you just knock its horns off but there are up to five groups of four people fighting the monster at the same time or in different instances but it's the same monster mm-hmm because uh, having 20 people in a uh you know in in the same instance would have just been absolutely ridiculous everyone tripping over each other's weapons but you know it was kind of cool um and you got a ridiculous amount of loot from it and so Whenever that that event is up, it's been up twice now, and it's usually up for about a week or so, and everyone just farms it uh, to get the new stuff. There have been lots of tie-in events. There's been a, on PS4 at least, there was a tie-in with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Mm -hmm. and then there's been tie-in events with lots of other Capcom um, properties, Street Fighter, Mega Man, Devil May Cry. uh, So you Mm -hmm. can, like, get weapons and armor inspired by those games. Yeah, they just keep on adding these new events, these new reasons to keep coming back, as if there wasn't already enough reason to just keep chipping away and keep grinding and getting new weapons. Um, hmm. I wonder how long they'll be doing free updates before they say, here's a big paid expansion for it, or whether they'll even do that. It's not the sort of model they've usually had with Monster Hunter, They usually.
0: It's not, no. So, yeah, usually they support it for
2: maybe a year well they usually bring out a version and then they bring mm-hmm. out the g rank add-on in japan yes and then they bring out the ultimate version with both in the west yeah basically yes that's what they usually do so with this one it's a bit different i don't, I don't know how they're going to work it but yeah it's uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving uh, i keep going back i keep chipping away at it i try I've, I've been having to force myself to like not say like right i am not going to play monster hunter this week i'm actually going to play some other games because <laughs> otherwise it would be all that i played it's it's so good it's it's the best that
0: monster hunter has ever been yeah still no release date for the pc version Um and-
2: you don't want it to come out this year though
0: no well no obviously yes i don't want it to come out this year (laughs) but even if it does come out it seems as if it'll be maybe a bit too late for the pc to crew to catch up on what have you but we'll have to wait and see it
2: depends on whether dauntless beats it
0: um to release yeah that's true
2: yeah uh, uh, as it is at the moment because on the the big boy consoles there isn't anything uh, there isn't anything really like it uh, unless you want to get into like the niche stuff like Tukiden and god eater and things like that yeah. monster hunter is the only proper one of those mm-hmm. on those consoles and yeah uh, having dabbled repeatedly in the old games and having gone back to a couple of them since monster hunter world is the the best and most accessible that series has ever been um, despite its still glaring issues of trying to get into games with friends. Um, yeah, it's great. I love it. I, I will. I wouldn't be surprised if I clock in close to a thousand hours by the end of the year.
0: Mm. <laughs> My number two is Crazy Defense Heroes on iOS. Crazy Defense Heroes is a free-to-play tower defense game, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's surprisingly one of those free-to-play games that does not demand that you watch ads and throw ads in after every single level, and I've played even some that even as soon as you start the game up it gives you an ad before you even start getting to play it. But no, Crazy Defense Heroes is a really, really good uh, tower defense game um, that I've spent probably a little bit too much time on, but is excellent. Whenever you complete uh, levels and things, you win chests. Out of the chests, you get various cards or resources and things for upgrading your cards. So you're never entirely sure what you're going to get, and you always hope that you will get something new. there are, uh, There's a range of sort of different um, cards and what have you that you'll get. There's the um, standard tar cards, but each of those will be like a mage, or there's um, one that's archers. Uh, there's a guy basically throwing Molotov cocktails. Um, there's another one which is uh, like a laser crystal thing that just blasts enemies. Uh, there are little hero cards that you get, um, which basically puts a hero down on the map and they will sort of move towards enemies and what have you that are in range and sit and sort of fight them. Um, again, there'll be um, sort of people with sort of long pikes. There's um, your own little avatar who is always on the field, um, which is just a little soldier with a sword and a shield. Uh, there's archers. Um, there's a little dragon kind of character and things like that. And then there's the sort of one-off use cards, um, which will be like a volley of arrows that rain down on your enemies. There's you can set little bear traps, um, which take out one enemy if it passes. And basically, you see where the entrances, um, that the enemies are coming from are. Uh, you see their path running through. And for every enemy that gets beat, you build up mana, which allows you to put po- hopefully put. Um, more towers and what have you down in the board and basically stopping them from getting to Sort of the the end points of the level uh, which are your sort of little tar bits. But basically there could be any number of you know sort of one to three of yours And there could be any number of one to four and three um, of the enemies sort of gates and what have you that they're coming into the level on. It works really really well. It looks really good and It just doesn't foist play um, bits and pieces on you the you can watch an ad for an optional chest that you'll get. Every so often, you'll get like a little shop offer um, where you can spend real money or whatever. Um, now, admittedly, the prices and things of those go up to about maybe £20 or so, but you never feel as if it's something that you have to do or have to spend the money on. And uh, yeah,
2: thoroughly enjoyable. I am downloading it as we speak. <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for a good tower defense game. I've been playing a lot recently of um, Orcs Must Die, which is a more sort of proactive action um tower defence game yeah. but also uh pixel drunk monsters too yes which is yeah it's great. Uh, I'm a yeah I'm a sucker for I used to it uh, was it called Defence Grid? Mm-hmm. I think back when I had a Windows mobile. Oof <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Tower Defense games are great. I'm I'm a sucker for them. So I'll mm-hmm. put this one
0: downloading right now. Crazy Defense Heroes looks to be sort of platform exclusive, the IOS. Um are you getting it done on your mobile phone? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've been playing it on an iPad Um, Thankfully, it still runs in 32-bit iOS, so I'm still playing it on iOS 10 as I have an old iPad in work, Um, but it runs really nicely on that. Mm. I'm finding it very or a lot more common these days that whenever I try and install apps and things on the iPad that it just goes, "Uh, no, this isn't designed for your operating system and I go, no. (laughs) But thankfully, Crazy Defense Heroes um, is still operating on 32-bit and uh, is definitely worth having a look at. Andy, what's your number two?
1: Yes, number two is a bit of DLC for a playlist game we talked about last year, which is Never Alone Fox Tales. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is a piece of DLC that we talked about last year. It was cheap on the PSN sale, picked it up for a couple of quid because it is quite short. it probably take you about an hour or so. Mm-hmm. This time, it features the same characters from last time, Nuna and the Fox, and this time it's based on something called The Two Coastal Brothers. The setting, unlike the original game, which was set more in winter, this Mm -hmm. one's set in spring and features more water-based adventure. It's a side-scrolling platformer. It's just a beautiful game. It is short, but the graphics are absolutely stunning. You control both the Fox and Nuna, solving puzzles along the way. Um, You can pick up video histories of the tribe, um, which are really good and really interesting to listen to. Mm-hmm. And as such, it's just a really... I mean, if you've listened to the episode, what we did on Never Alone, well, if you haven't, go listen to it, and come back here. But <laughs> it's just a pure little add-on. Um, we've improved the graphics, um, we've changed the gameplay style, and it's just a lot of fun. It's, it is a relaxing game for about 19 minutes to get everything. It is worth it for a lops gamer.
0: I think I've actually still the finish, never alone. Mm. I enjoyed it for what it was, but at its core, it's a fairly linear, fairly basic platformer. Mm. It's all the extra cultural um, Mm. little videos and tidbits and materials and things around that 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 I think make that game particularly special.
1: Yeah, I mean... I thought that there's, you can tell the passion behind it. Yeah. You know, it has been done by the tribe itself, people from the mm-hmm. tribe, people who live in that area. And they've told this story and interpreted it in such a way as a video game, which is, you rarely see such love and, you know, there's a yeah, sense of absolutely. respect and reverence, you know, without it. You know, we've had tales interpreted in video game um, style before, but not with the same passion, not told with the same history. And and as a teacher, a bit of education, a bit of learning, can't do no wrong.
0: Hmm. Exactly. Yep. Mark, what is your number one? Oh,
2: boy. Um, My number one is uh, one of the most fun games I've played in a long time. It's a game called Mm Onrush. So do you remember um, Evolution Studios... They made the Motorstorm games and yeah. Drive Club and whatnot. Yeah. And then Sony shut them down. Yeah, yeah. And then those nice people over at Codemasters hired them all. And this <laughs> is the game they've made. And it is a driving game, but it's not a racing game. Mm-hmm. There are no races. There's no start line. There's no finish line. And none of the modes involve anyone finishing in any position. It's kind of more like overwatch than a racing game. Oh, Okay. So the basic premise—it's hard to describe. So the basic premise of it: you've got a stampede, which is this moving block of cars that are driving round this uh, a circuit, uh, an, you know some sort of off-road circuit. Two teams of players, and then lots of little AI cars, which are the uh, equivalent of like the grunts in Titanfall or mobs mm. in a in a moba. You smash them out of the way to earn boost. Uh, and the modes are all things like. There's what there's my call countdown. Uh, for instance where both teams start with 30 seconds and there's clocks slowly count down but every time someone on a particular team goes through a time gate a little bit of time gets added on and so you're trying to go through the time gates whilst keeping the other players out of them by barging them out of the way (laughs) smashing them into them like burnout style basically taking them out uh, because then there's Mm -hmm. a few seconds they have to wait before they can respawn there's a mode called lockdown where it's like um, domination you know you hold a capture point but the capture point is moving with the stampede Mm -hmm. so it's like a moving green circle that will turn either blue or orange depending on which team has got the most number of cars and they're controlling it okay or there is a mode called switch which is like cat and mouse um both teams start out on bikes which are like so the vehicles are ride into classes you've got two bikes two buggies two off-road vehicles and then two giant like hummer style heavy vehicles they have different roles um they each have different abilities as you boost you build up your rush meter uh and then when that's full you can hit triangle to activate your rush and each vehicle class has a different effect of what that rush does yeah the basic thing is that like you travel faster and you can smash other cars out of the way but they all do different things like one of them might be you suck all of the boost out of the nearby enemy's cars mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, they've all got different m- modes. Um, so, like, the switch mode is, like, everyone starts in bikes and you have a certain number of lives. If you get taken out or you crash... Then you respawn in the next level up vehicle. So you lose a life, but you come back in a bigger vehicle. Okay. And it's just loads of modes like that. It's 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 absolutely mental. It's it is a driving game, and it's a really good feeling driving game, as you'd expect with that pedigree. Good drive feel then? Yeah, good drive feel, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really good drive feel. But it's unlike any other driving game. I mean the closest thing I've ever played to it is like the there was the 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 modes in the old burnout games where you had to take out a certain number of cars within a certain time limit, and there was no start and finish; you just did that until the timer ran out. Mm. It's kind of like that, but it's like it's it's absolutely mental. There's this banging soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack is incredible, driving on all the time. It's got this. It's got a really really unique style, both in like the way that the cars look, the HUD. the the little call-outs and things like that when when you crush an enemy car or get taken out yourself. Everything about it is just like really, really stylish. Mm. But like almost in like a... We we said this before, but like in an early 2000s Sega kind of way. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I don't know how how long the legs on it are mm. i could quite happily play it for a long long time but the only because it's got set classes and set vehicles like the only progression system there is is cosmetics unlocking new taunts for your for the driver that you've picked or new tombstones or new crash tags or new skins for the vehicles that's it and so an argument could be made that probably for the price that they're charging for it there's not a huge amount there but what is there is so so good mm. That I would, I'd recommend playing it to anyone who, yeah, anyone should try this out because it's mm. unlike any racing game you've ever played before. Because it's not a
1: racing game. Sounds like a mixture between Outrun and um, Destruction Derby.
2: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but like, just I mean, d- d- uh, the, the destruction isn't the point. The destruction helps a lot. If you take mm. out other cars, it feels really good, and it gives you a uh a, a, you know a boost uh gives you a good amount of boost to make you go faster uh, and takes out that player for you know 5 10 seconds or whatever but it's it's a team based game more than anything mm-hmm. you got to use the different classes to help out so like um it's best when you're playing with some people on comms and you've got like say two people running with the big heavy tank vehicles that are just blocking and keeping the other cars away from the more fragile ones that are concentrating on the point scoring and Oh, it's so good it's so good and I don't know how well it's sold uh, I'm playing it on PS4 and when I look on the list of people who are playing it there's only one other person on my friends list who's playing it I know a few people who are playing it on Xbox One but I don't know if it's sold particularly well and that is mm. really kind of upsetting because it's so good
1: mm. is it a uh, this person looking at it now 55 quid yeah it's
2: quite a lot of money it is it is. Um, it will come down in price, yeah. but whether or not, by the time it comes down in price, whether there is much of a player base, I don't know. Mm. Uh, the good thing about it is that the uh, the AI is very good, so you can just play against bots if you want to, and it feels it still feels you know real good to play against bots. Mm. It's just that playing against real people online is so much more satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> when you pull a barrel roll off a jump and then land on top of someone else's car and crush it, yeah, it feels real good.
1: <laughs> well, let never know. It might do it's quite a niche market, isn't it? The only one probably competing with it would be um, Rocket League.
2: Yeah, uh, but again, that's a completely different game. And it's yeah. the thing. It's that there is that There is nothing out there, I think, on the market, as far as I know, mm. uh, except for the Wild West of Steam, where who knows what exists on there. Mm. <laughs> as far as I know, there's nothing out there that's quite like this. And there's definitely mm. nothing out there quite like this that's, that is as polished and as tight as this. Yeah. But because it is so different, I don't know whether it's going to find its audience, and that's kind of a shame mm. Mm. I would not be surprised if this is free on PS plus in a, like a year yeah it's i I love it I, I just if you're listening just go and buy it please go and buy it uh, like <laughs> games like this need support I know it's not an indie game it's it's codemasters and it's yeah. probably a little bit more expensive than it should be but it's innovative it's there is nothing quite like it mmm Sorry, I get so excited about it, I get carried away.
0: alright. <laughs> <Is that> <laughs> My number one game, then, is SteamWorld Heist, Yay! which is thematically very similar to SteamWorld Dig, but is definitely its own game. It's a wonderful Steam-based robot, turn-based battle system. It's like 2D XCOM. To an extent, yeah, um, it is it's so much fun to play. This one I picked up, I think just before Christmas using a little bit of Nintendo credit that I got um, at Christmas, and uh, Nintendo had a fairly good sale actually um, on their eShop at Christmas time. and um, this was one of the ones that I picked up. I hadn't actually played it up until um, sort of the start of May there. Um, I was coming back from Lisbon seeing the Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> and I was playing it on the plane coming home and then one day after being in work I got really bad plane lurgy so I was actually then off the rest of the week um, just a whatever cough or whatever something just went straight to my chest and was just having sort of um, really wheezy breathing and everything so I was sort of stuck at the house and I just mainlined SteamWorld Heist throughout that week. I'm not afraid to admit that I was playing on the casual difficulty, (laughs) um, which is definitely an awful lot more lenient um, AI-wise, but you can actually change, you know, you pick your difficulty at the start of the game, what have you, but for each different level you can pick whatever difficulty level you want. Um, depending on how easy or difficult um, you want the challenge to be. So even with playing on casual, it still lasted me in around 14 hours, um, which isn't bad going. You basically start off sort of the cowboy steam robot. You're the captain of the ship. You have maybe two or three team members of that. So There's actually might only be one, um, plus your pilot, um, who doesn't leave the ship. And the evil empire or whatever has taken over and is trying to steal water from the sort of the outlying outposts and things like that so you have to try and um, basically defeat their ships and things and win uh, the water back which you then use for upgrades to weapons um, uh, sort of body armor you will pick up sort of random little items during each of the battles and things as well hats. so you find out what do the hats, the yes. hats. There is an awful lot of hats, <laughs> so there is that you can pick up and collect, and then just swap in and out as you see yep. fit. Um, they have serve absolutely no purpose other than just being little collector items.
2: It's really fun when they get shot off, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, it's, and and sometimes you're so tempted, it's thinking, "I'm not going to leave that hat behind. I'm going to go and get yep. the hat and finish with the hat yep. on." <laughs> Uh, There is a nice variety of weapons. Um, You can recruit different robots um, through your adventures who all have different skills. Some of them can move a little bit further. Uh, Some of them can handle a rocket launcher, grenade launcher, machine guns. Your captain um, handles a pistol, Mm. um, but then whenever you start upgrading the pistols, you get ones with laser sights that you can then bounce off various items um, on the levels and things to take out the baddies. Each stage, there's sort of three acts as such um, in the game itself. So each stage um, has its own sort of different set of enemies, ranging from other Steam robots. There's the Empire ones, and then at the end, there is a different enemy. I'll not spoil it too much, but it's just so much fun to play. It's so well put together, and as a 2D turn-based shooter, it's really, really fun to play and is just interesting and just doesn't feel a lot like anything else. It's a very strong aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and and it, it plays up to that really really nicely and is definitely worth um anybody going out and having a look yep. at.
2: Yeah. I, d- I d- yeah, definitely agree. All of the the robots in it, both the ones that you have in your crew and the ones that you'll go and meet and like the saloon and place like that, they have a very um they have very distinct personalities and yes, where it's maybe slightly simpler version of the the cover-based tactics of like an XCOM due to the fact that it is yeah. 2D. Where it differs is that shooting things in XCOM is completely a dice roll. Shooting things in Steam Heist is completely skill-based. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's whether you can, whether how good your aim is. And yeah, being able to get those ricochet shots it feels real satisfying. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it really does. the The ricochet shots. Yeah, it's really nice to get them. Um, but if you're using a laser sight, it takes a little bit of the, uh, the sort of the fun mm-hmm. of it. But if you're using a grenade launcher from about halfway across the map that you <laughs> really can't see, um, <laughs> because admittedly you can scroll whenever it's your turn and see what else is going on in the level. But even for aiming, it helps a little bit. But it's still um, a sort of a fair amount of skill. Uh, to try and get the trajectory right and everything, and uh, whenever you pull those shots off, it is so satisfying. Yeah, just an absolutely wonderful game. Ooh. I think I had heard a sort of vague rumor that there might be a Steam World Heist two. Oh, I hope so. Potentially, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that that was definite. But I think I'd, um, I'd either seen people wanting it or at least sort of a vague mention of it on Twitter at some stage. Yeah. And yeah, I would be more than happy to play a Steam World Heist two. Likewise, uh, definitely. Ooh. Okay, Andy. What's your number
1: one? Number one is surprisingly enough, maybe shocked to hear. Lego Dimensions. <laughs> still. Um, <laughs> uh, still, yeah, but this is a main story I completed. I managed to get, get my brother around enough times, and we played through it. Mm-hmm. What's to say about Lego Dimensions? It, it is now dead, unfortunately. So you can pick up the packs really cheap, and you should do because. Where else are you ever going to get this m- matchup of franchises ever? Yeah, you never, you're never going to get Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Batman, Lord of the Rings, um, a Team, Knight Rider, Goonies, Gremlins, uh, Powerpuff Girls.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it really Wizard of Oz. It really is such yeah. a mix. You look at Disney Infinity, and it's certain franchises, there's the Disney franchise, there's Star Wars, and then there's the Marvel Universe. Mm. But yeah, that doesn't come close to what Lego and I through through together.
1: No. And apart from all that, you know, there's loads of packs, etc, etc, which I'm going to play through. The main story is a very good, very funny storyline. Mm-hmm. You can play it through with the three main characters of um, Gandalf, Batman, and... Wildstyle. Yeah, Wildstyle from the Lego movie. And that's all you need. It's a long Story. It's probably one of the longest Lego main story mm-hmm. parts of the game, and but it's just so much fun. You're going from the travel from world to world. They go through up to Middle Earth. They go to the Ghostbusters, Back to the Future. All these things are all involved, and you can see it drags a bit at the end. And sometimes the puzzles are a bit tedious. I mean, we got stuck. Oh, I have to move this figure here, here, here. Yeah, you just do it, and. It's, <laughs> can get a bit confusing. It crashed a couple of times. But it is so much fun. It's a surprise, you know, that so many companies agree to go, yep, we'll throw in our franchise IP with you and you can mix it up mm-hmm. with everyone else. And so whoever's suit thought of that, yeah, good on you. And It's such a worthwhile, fun game. With a big smile on your face. When you see the DeLorean going past you of Ghostbusters, it is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think the because of the way they released the figures um, in sort of waves and things, mm. a lot of the sort of first wave and even some of the second wave are definitely an awful lot harder to get hold of now. Yeah. Um, but certainly the third wave are relatively easy to pick up in even Tesco's and Asda, um, not to mention places like Smith's and what have you as well.
1: Mm. And it's a a really nice figure. I mean, I think part of the reason, I mean, they got the pricing wrong. That's probably why, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why they got failed and it came out last. But they took toys to life and they did it differently. This what this is what Infinity should have been. Infinity should have been like mixing Marvel with Star Wars. Mm. You, know, you could have had Spider-Man, Fly the Millennium Falcon. Why not? You know that type of thing. But they just wanted to keep their IP separate. While Lego just went, yeah, just mix it all up and they had a lot of fun. And you will have a lot of fun playing this. Mm. You know, you don't have to play it all at once. Enjoy it as it goes. I mean, I still got all the level packs and all the world packs. I know Kev probably still beavering away at <laughs> because I think there's over about a thousand gold bricks to get so. It's a massive game.
0: Yeah, it's one of those ones that you can obviously spend an awful lot of money on if you are wanting to collect the packs and things. But yeah, as you say, these days you can probably pick it up reasonably cheaply. Mm. I'm fairly sure I saw it, or have seen it previously for about a tenner, in Smiths. I just had a quick look on the website there and it's maybe back up to 15 but that's still Mm. not an awful lot to spend uh, for a starter set.
1: No, and you get LEGO figures, and you get rare LEGO figures. Yeah. Because... Nowhere else do you get the um, Wizard of Oz figures. Mm-hmm. Nowhere else do you get Ba as a Lego figure. Yep, you know these these figures. What's are gone? They're gone. Yeah, you know, it's fun to have them on their little um, the little
0: table. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that I don't think Lego Dimensions would exist if it hadn't been for the Lego Movie. No, that's right. Um, I think there is a fair amount of. Not quite mixing completely, but certainly there was enough brand clashing within that mm. um, that certainly allowed LEGO Dimensions to mm. exist.
1: Mm. This took a risk with IP, didn't it? I mean, yeah. There was a risk, you know, you, you get everyone when We want to protect our IP. I mean, I was reading about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and there was this thing with Donald Duck and um, Daffy Duck, uh-huh. and they had to be on at the same t- same number of minutes and whoever got the first word if the other duck had to get the last word in <laughs> all these contracts upgrown by the solicitors here they just took a risk and said yeah just go with it run with it you know yeah, it is a lot for you you just, you just play with a big smile on your face that's that's what I will say with Lego Dimensions
0: that's our top five or nine if you're on <laughs> <Andy>. there
1: <laughs> listen I I'm, I'm managed to get like, you're, I'm, you're lucky I got nine <laughs> games
0: in we, yeah we know yeah it has been yeah. a good long time since you've been on doing the games play. Yeah. yeah
1: the little Seven month old. Yeah, you know. I'm not. i not set enough gaming.
0: Out of your lists, what are your recommended games? Onrush,
2: honestly, Onrush. Seriously, please go out and buy it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Andy, what about yourself? The top five. There you go. <laughs> Each one. is difficult. You never. Know, like yeah. Crossing. So I just went, yeah. Just say Lego. <laughs> just say Lego. Yeah, Lego is always constant. Lego actually <laughs> Yeah, I haven't even played it. I can recommend Jer- Lego Jurassic Park, Lego Star Wars, Force Awakens. I can recommend those if you want. I haven't even played those. Mm-hmm.
0: Out of mine, I would say SteamWorld Heist is definitely my top recommendation. But certainly, if you like Tar Defense games, there's nothing wrong with Crazy Defense Heroes. And Nex Machina is definitely a superb twin stick shooter uh, for anybody interested in those. That brings this episode to a close. So, things to remember. You can catch us on Twitter at LapsedGamer. You can find us on YouTube where Mark is doing a very good job of doing his Let's Play videos covering specific games and things. You can find some stuff that we really should be doing an awful lot more with on our lapsedgamer.com website Mm. and you can find all our previous episodes on podbean which includes our last topic show which was on platformers and what we thought were the best Mm -hmm. ones i recently did a an interview with threefold games uh, about their game coming out before i forget and uh, my previous interview to that was with peter chapman who is the uh, managing director of Oscar Mike Media, who is basically the PR company um, for Oddworld Inhabitants. And that was a very, Mm. very interesting and fun interview to do, Mm. so it was. So that about wraps it up. As per usual, if you want to get in contact with us, give us a shout out on Twitter or give us an email at lapsgamerradio at gmail.com. Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.